episode of the Chalk Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Doolittle, joined as always by my friend Aaron Rodgers, somehow a defender and local Packers fan, Michael Burke. We got a lot to catch up on because we've been off for a couple weeks. A lot of action in the NFL. College basketball starting up right now at this very moment. College football heating up, so Burke tells me. Um, and baseball wrapping up. We actually had a big winner on our last podcast, so we'll definitely give some shout-outs for that. First of all, uh, speaking of gambling, this is a gambling podcast. We've been doing a little bit of that over the past couple of days there, buddy. Yeah, um, some of us a little better than others. Um, I'm a little light in the wallet this week. but uh, I, think, I think we should start by saying maybe our first lesson of the week for those is after you've been gambling for 36 straight hours, maybe don't go back to a table at 2 a.m.? Yeah, it's probably a smart thing. Um, also, when you've had quite a bit of drinks in your system, it's also not good to return to the table when you're not clearly 100% locked in. Uh, I had my emotions get the best of me this week a couple of times at night, and uh, my bank account paid for it. Hey, man, it happens. But uh, we, we had a good time out there, and it was really good. Uh, did a lot of sports betting, did a lot of uh, cards betting, so that was a nice uh, nice weekend. But you do have some money in your pocket from your Braves pick last week, Bra- or two weeks ago, sorry. Braves in six at plus 550 is a winner. How are you feeling? Uh, I was feeling great. Um, I, had a, I had a good feeling about them coming into the World Series. They were, they were the hotter of the two teams. Um, and Freddie Freeman got his championship. The, the pitchers balled out. Uh, they came up with some timely hits. Defense was big, and thank God the Astros didn't win. Those cheaters. Yeah, I know. Thank God for the sake of America, the sake of baseball, and everybody involved that the Astros went down. I don't know how people can root for that team. Man, I can't stand it. Should have been the Sox. Should have been the Sox and the Braves, but that's all right. They'll come back next year. Always Sox-Braves World Series 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Lock it in. Next year? Yeah, you could probably you could probably get some wild odds on that if you want to take a look at it. Yep. Uh, a good job by you picking that plus five fifty winner. Hopefully everybody took it. Uh, I actually bet both sides of that series in six, so just to go six, which was I don't know plus one eighty or something. So that hit. I should have just went with the Braves. I thought the Astros were better, um, but alas. gotta trust you. Gotta trust me with. Uh, I gotta trust God. I gotta I gotta vote against the cheating Astros next time for sure. Uh, so good job closing off the MLB season uh, in good form. We taking any uh, early um, World Series odds for next year? It's way too early, right? I don't even know if they're even posted at the moment. They usually post them somewhere. FanDuel might not have them, but like the offshores usually post them the day after the championships. So I don't know. I'll look into it, but it's way too yeah, early. It's way too early. The the hot stove is just getting heating up a little bit. Um, it's going to be a lot of trades. A lot of shortstops are in free agency this year so you're going to see some moving pieces um i would really wait until spring training to place a uh, world series bet until all these uh puzzle pieces get put in the right place to see who's landing where and uh what the teams are going to stack up and look like over the next uh next season so uh even though i want the Sox to win i think they're gonna they're gonna dump a couple guys hopefully pick up another arm or two um, help out the rotation or possibly the bullpen uh, they can make another run at it yeah, baseball is a weird sport to be doing futures on. I feel like there's just so much that can happen. It's more for fun if you're playing baseball futures. I feel like NFL and NBA futures, you can find a little value. Um, you know, if you're betting like our Rams picks, right, or, or in the NBA, if you're taking anybody other than, than the Nets, basically preseason, you're getting good value. Baseball is just kind of a crapshoot. You kind of got to wait till the, uh, till the season goes on. Yep. Um, but speaking of seasons that are going on, NFL halfway point, 
uh, I guess is officially sometime around now, now that we're 17 weeks in. But man, we had a hell of a week, week of the dog in the NFL. Seven underdogs were outright winners, including the plus 750 Jaguars over the Bills uh, and three additional covers. So dogs, 10 uh, wins against the spread, including seven wins outright. The Manning cast curse is also real. I don't know if you've been following this. Every guest that has gone on the Manning cast has lost the next week after they've appeared on the Manning cast. I saw a tweet. If you took $100 and you bet it on the first loser, which was Travis Kelsey, he was on week one, they, the Chiefs lost week two. If you bet $100 against the Chiefs and then you rolled the winnings over each week until finally the Jags this week, you'd have about $120,000 off of your $100 initial investment. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. It's like the Madden curse, right? Do we believe in this shit? We kind of have to. It's, I mean, sometimes, sometimes there's a higher force that you can't control. Sometimes the evidence of, is overwhelming, like the Jaguars beating the Bills. I wish, I wish I had known that going in. I would have hammered the Jags. Now it's, it's, it's outrageous. I know the Manning cast was off this week, so yeah. it seems like everybody's safe for now. Uh, maybe the Bills lose again until the next group of people come on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but would you, would you really have made that bet if you knew about that? The Jags against no, the Bills? No, no never, not. never. The Bills are so much better than the Jags, but the, the Bills just had a bad game. Just because the bet is right doesn't mean it's a good bet. Just like when Great. you're at a cards table, like an unnamed friend of ours, and you have 13 and you stay against the six, doesn't mean it's the right play, even if it works out, but that's a or or, or you have 11 and you're thinking about hitting or not <laughs> outrageous move and it happened multiple times <laughs> well, well i we paid are, for it our, i paid for it <laughs> our unnamed cast member uh out of the show but uh yeah just because you make a winning bet doesn't necessarily mean it's the right bet so you can bet on the jags all you want uh, I'm not going to do that ever. Congratulations to you that won. You definitely should have lost that one. But definitely the week of the dog. We said this was coming for like a month now. We've said that the favorites are winning. The squares are winning. The teases are hitting. Eventually, it's going to catch up. Two weeks ago, it kind of caught up, and we were back to about even. This week, the lines definitely adjusted, and the dogs came out on top. America took a beating because of it, uh, and the books are doing a lot better. I also saw just this crazy stat. If you ever want to see how much – uh, you know, the books actually make money. They really don't care what side of the game you're on. They've only posted a net loss during the NFL season over the course of a month. So every month they do their books. They've only had a net loss once in the last like 19 years uh, over a four week stretch. So if you think you're beating the book, you're you are not. not. You're beating other betters, which we've talked about. And that's great if you're sharp and you have an edge. Uh, but the books are always going to catch up. So stuff like this is definitely going to happen. The dogs are going to catch up. Dallas lost this week. I've been telling you Dallas is going to lose against the spread. That was one of my best bets this week, along with everybody else. They had Denver um, because Dallas was undefeated against the spread. They somehow covered against Minnesota. Good job by you picking that one, too. They weren't going to cover this one against Denver. I bet you they drop about two or three more in the next month or so against the spread. Doesn't mean they lose the game, but they probably don't cover their spreads, whatever they are. The Chiefs uh, are now 2-5 and five against the spread uh, in the last seven. That's insane. They uh, did not cover again against the Packers. Um, they, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. You're a Packers guy. What, did you watch that game? What's going on? I actually watched after I was, I was actually a, uh, a bystander watching the New York City Marathon. Uh, some people believe 
believe I did run it in this weekend. I did not. Let's put the record straight. I was there supporting some friends. Um, but I did get to catch uh, from the second quarter to about the actually second to the early part of the fourth quarter. I was watching the game and um, the Chiefs, the Packers aren't known for defense. We've known this forever. And to hold Mahomes to under 100 yards passing for over three quarters when you have Kevin King roaming in your secondary is a feat in itself. So the Chiefs have some significant problems. I don't know if defenses have kind of figured out their schemes and are taking advantage of it now. Um, but them not being able to have much of a running game either has been significant to Mahomes uh, probably trying to force more throws than he usually does. I mean, yeah. Known for pulling off wild throws, but without a running game to back it up, a lot of people are expecting and they're kind of going all out. Um, well, the running game kills them because the, the teams are just playing cover two against them and they're dropping way back and they're saying, hey, you can't throw these 20-yard hitch routes to Tyree Kill anymore. You can't have Tyree Kill just roam around the middle of the field because we're going to cover it on both sides. So if you want to take these check downs, if you want to take these, you know, passes behind the line of scrimmage to Ty Hill, go for it. And the Chiefs are adjusting. They're getting better at it. Um, but they haven't seemed to have found their way yet. Uh, Kelsey is not involved as involved as he has been. They don't literally have anybody behind those two guys. Like Hardman hasn't been it. Um, you know, Josh Gordon isn't even seeing the field. I, I don't know what they do. You could do a play action game without having a run game. You don't need to run the ball effectively to do play action, but you kind of got to do something. So maybe they do some more play action. Maybe they do a couple more. And they've done this in the past couple of weeks where they're throwing shorter to Ty Hill. You saw that Giants game. They threw, I think, the first seven. Like, Tyreek Hill had 18 targets in that game, which is crazy. And I think his dot was, I don't know, like seven yards down the field or less, maybe five yards. And he's usually a burner. He's usually a 20, 30-yard gainer on at least one or two grabs a game. And he's just not doing that. So, I don't know. Do we keep fading the Chiefs? I think you got to definitely consider it. And one of the other components that a lot of people probably aren't looking at, they've got a whole revamped offensive obviously struggled last year in the Super Bowl. And it sucks again, though. They got exposed. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're still piecing piece, puzzles. To, they're yeah. putting the puzzle pieces together on that offensive line. And right now, just the running game is suffering because of it, and Mahomes is suffering because of it. And it, it takes some time to form that gel and that unity and consistency. And right now, it just hasn't clicked for them yet. And, yeah, and, and I mean, I've, I been think, seeing some, I've been seeing some arguments that, like, you know, the same stuff that everybody praised Mahomes for for the past three years – like, you know, the sidearm stuff and rolling out of the pocket and throwing off his right foot back to left. They're saying he's got bad form now. And, it, I mean, you can't have it both ways, man. You can't be saying – you can't be praising this guy for the last three years about how magical he is. And now, just because it's not working, saying he has bad form, you got to be all right with it. you got to take those chances. He's still one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league, I think. Um, and he just does some wild stuff. And, yeah, but you, you know, he's not like Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has a syndrome where he just refuses to not be the man. And you saw it against the Titans where he's throwing a, a lame duck with his left hand out of the end zone instead of just going down or throwing it at the feet or doing something. Uh, I don't think Mahomes is like that. I think he's trying to do something actively that he thinks he can do and he probably can do. I, I think they piece it together. I think they get in the playoffs. I don't know that they catch the Chargers and win the division. I think the Raiders fall off. So maybe they get into the second, uh, second place there and win a wild card. I think they could still get to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Yeah. I, open, man. It's the Bills against the field right now. The Bills just lost to the Jags. Yep. And I, I mean, I agree. Um, I actually don't think the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC. Oh, 
Ravens? Nope. Titans? Yes, sir. The Henry List Titans. I mean, they shut me up this week because they beat my beloved Rams. I thought they were going to get smacked. Tannehill's fine. Their offense has a lot of weapons. I mean, the defense is okay. The secondary is not great, but the defense does enough. I am not going to believe in them until I see them, especially when it turns into December and January games and they don't have that bruiser Derrick Henry back there. Um, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I, I just – I think they've – if as long as they continue to win games, obviously their division stinks, so they should win the division no problem. Right. Um, they continue to win games. They're going to hold tiebreakers over the Bills. They're going to have yeah. tiebreakers over the Chiefs because they've already beat them head-to-head. Playing home Did games – Ravens? I think they lost to the Ravens, didn't they? Um, I'm not too sure it's possible. Um, but well, that's their way in, right? Is it, especially if they get the one seed and they get a bye. They can take, yeah. I mean, it, and it's better to host, it, it's better to host games in the playoffs than go on the road. And, uh, Absolutely. Packers, I, I mean, the Packers have dealt with that in the past, being able to host home games at Lambeau, it's a big advantage. And if the Titans continue to win, they're going to host games in the playoffs and it's going to be tough to beat them. It really is. So the Bills to win the AFC, obviously the favorites right now, plus 260. You have the Ravens at plus 450. Titans at six to one, Chiefs plus six fifty, Chargers ten to one. I kind of like the Chiefs where they're at at plus six fifty. Just for reference, to win the Super Bowl before the season, they were plus five hundred. So now you're getting another dollar fifty on them just to win the AFC. Man, I like it. I think this is the time that we pull the trigger on the Chiefs if you still believe in the Chiefs at all, which I kind of do. You like the Titans at six to one. You think that's good value? Right now it is. They're seven and two. They're at the top of the. They're at the top of the league. The AFC, at least. Um, hey, take them both. Why not? Take the Titans at six to one. Take the Chiefs at plus six fifty. You get three to one if either of them walk out of the AFC. Basically, you're making a bet against the Bills, right? right. Honestly, you could take all three of those teams. It, as long as the Ravens don't win the AFC, you're doubling your money in that case. Right. So, yep. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not a bad diversified play there. Um, but maybe also wait till this week because I think the Ravens are going to stomp on the Dolphins on Thursday night football. Uh, so the Chiefs kind of suck. They're, they're minus two and a half this week, though, against the Raiders. Maybe look at them here to, to get a bounce-back win. I don't know. Um, you know, against the spread, um, some other teams coming off a of bye. The Bucks are really good off a of bye against the spread. Um, you got the Jets catching almost two touchdowns against the Bills. That's maybe a tasty line to take the Jets plus 13 and a half, although they just soiled your Thursday night with uh, – White Lotus, Mike White going out early and, and ruining your over passing yards bet. Though my Michael Carter receiving yards did hit. Yeah, I mean, it's that one was a tough one to swallow because he had 95 pass yards in the first quarter. That offense was cooking. And when your backup quarterback comes in and clears what the starting quarterback would have done, throwing for 300 yards, that bet was an easy cash if he stays healthy in that game. Unfortunately, I came out on the short end, but we're going we're gonna to try and work some passing magic again this week for Thursday night. A little preview, huh? Yeah, oh. I was watching that game. I was out at my sister-in-law's apartment at the at the uh, bar down there, so I was watching it on mute. So I didn't really know what was going on. I just saw Mike White on the sideline kind of going like this a little bit. Um, so I don't know if he's all right for this week or not. I don't, I don't even know if he's playing, but maybe the Jets catching 13 and a half, or maybe the Bills stomp on him after an embarrassing loss. Uh, we've got some interesting lines this week, so we'll definitely chat about them. Let's start with the Thursday night game, though. You got the Ravens uh, laying seven and a half in Miami. Total on that game is 46 and a half, minus 110 both ways. You got to lay almost four to one to catch the Ravens on the money line. You're getting three to one on the Dolphins on the money line. I'm laying the Ravens in the points here, seven and a half. I don't think seven and a half is high enough. The Ravens usually beat up on bad teams pretty bad. Uh, they struggle against like the better teams. 
and they keep it close. But against these bad teams, they usually roll them pretty well. I like a minus seven and a half, something else to consider that I don't really know how this one misses, which is famous last words. Ravens minus two and a half, uh, teased with the over to 39 and a half is only minus 120. I think this game flies over 40 points because the Dolphins probably put up between 14 and 20. The Ravens probably get close to that 30 mark, at least. The Dolphins defense has been suspect as of late. Um, so I like the Ravens in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I didn't get a really good feel on the line. I just I, I don't know yet. Um, but I'm going with a couple prop bets this week for Thursday night. Um, been kind of riding those a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, had some decent feels on some things, even though the results haven't always panned out. But I like Lamar Jackson to go over 234. I think they're going to sling it a little bit. Um, and again, Marquise Brown, anytime touchdown score, he's been he's been kind of a monster and, and the go-to wide wide out for uh, Lamar. And I think if uh, Lamar's going to have a big passing game, might as well tag team it with a, uh, the top wide receiver scoring at some point. So uh, you're getting him at, uh, over even odds at plus 105 uh, for Brown to score anytime. So I'm going to take him and I'm taking Lamar over 230, 234 and a half uh, pass yards per game. Yeah, I like both of those. Something we've been seeing too is these quarterbacks getting minus odds for an anytime touchdown score. Like Lamar is the king of that. He's minus 105 for an anytime touchdown score. Um, we have guys like Josh Allen. He's still plus money in these games to score a touchdown anytime. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Like Mahomes was used to be – now, he, he doesn't rush as much lately, but two, three years ago, he was plus money all the time um, for any time touchdowns. So they really haven't caught up to these quarterbacks rushing yet because there's a good shot that Lamar scores twice in any game that he plays in. So to get him at, like, almost even odds to score once, um, you know, I really like that one. I'm looking for him. So he's plus 650 to score twice. That might be something I entertain as well as Lamar Jackson plus 650 to score two touchdowns. I'm probably going to lay a little cheddar on that just because of the odds. Uh, is it likely? No, but is 650 pretty good value? Yeah, I like that. So that's where we're, uh, that's where we're laying for Thursday night. Nothing on the Finns. I can't entice you on anything on the Dolphins, can I? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Simply I put, I, no. I, st I still don't even, know. There aren't even – Passing is Tua playing? I'm not sure. They don't have the Dolphins prop up for him yet. This would be maybe we should we text our uh, resident commish to see if uh, he can get some insider information on the Dolphins. Maybe place a couple winless commish. I've never seen a fantasy team be zero and nine. Our our commissioner in our fantasy league stinks. He deserves, he deserves every ounce of it. He's zero and nine. Uh, if he goes winless, which is certainly a possibility because his team is very bad, that. That's like an all-time stink bomb to go winless in a fantasy league. Yeah, if I were him, I would probably never play fantasy ever again if that occurs. <laughs> but his team, that's, I was, I, I actually offered him a pity trade this week. Um, I offered him Chris Carson for Saquon Barkley straight up, kind of just to mess with him on Saturday night. I don't think he took it. Um, but I was looking through his team to see if there'd like be anybody of value that I would Oh, want. there's nobody you want. And there's literally nobody on that team you would want to trade. Looking to like fire sale his entire team, they're going to go right to free agency. And I just pennies I don't on know. the dollar, my friend. It, this this could be a historic, historic Thanksgiving wings if he is still. Well, so what do we got? We got two more games between now and Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, two more. Yeah. So he's zero eleven. Oh my god, <laughs> we made it to our our trip last week when we were all together, and he he made it winless there, which was incredible. 
if he can make it to Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll, that'll be awesome. <laughs> He's not, I mean, he doesn't listen to our podcast, so we can say whatever we want about him. Um, let's get into our locks for the week. So I'm 10 and four and one on the season. Uh, Burke is recovering nicely in six and nine. If you remember, he was uh, one and eight and actually zero and eight uh, in the middle of the week at one point. So since that zero and eight mark, uh, he's six and one. Um, and I've been doing pretty well at 10, four and one, two. So let's keep it rolling this week. Let's go six and zero between the two of us. We all have different locks. So six total bets, bet them all, win some money. They're all going to hit. No problem. Let's start with number one bucks minus nine and a half over the Washington football team uh, at minus 110. I've loved Tom Brady coming off a bye here, uh, especially against the Washington football team, who is terrible, to put it nicely. Um, if you remember this time last year, the Bucks were 6-3, and three, uh, right around this time, coming off a loss to the New Orleans Saints. And then they did not lose a game the rest of the season and went on to win the Super Bowl. So I like them here in a similar spot. Uh, what are they, 6-2? and Because they had a bye, I think. So yeah, 6-2. Coming off a loss to the Saints, same week as last year. Maybe they go on a roll again. Maybe it starts now. Uh, if you can get them under 10, I like that. The total's 51 and a half. So uh, getting big to the under. I think they put up a lot of points here. I'm seeing it like 34, maybe 35 to 14 uh, bucks roll. Yeah, I'm going to – I do like that pick a lot. Um, but I'm going to go with my trusty uh, Super Bowl AFC – participant and the Titans, even though they're Henry Liss, they're going against a backup quarterback against the Saints. They are at home. I think they're gonna they're gonna get AP into the end zone again this week, like he scored last week. A little throwback on the pass for him. Uh good to see he's can back in action. That? Can we believe he's still rolling around into the end zone? The guy is an absolute machine. He loves football and he's gonna do whatever it takes to win. Um, I think the Titans win this game comfortably at home three is way too low. I think this should be closer to a six and a half, seven point spread, um, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to hammer the Titans minus three. Clock number one. Yeah, I mean, I like that pick. Essentially what they're saying is the minus three at home for the Titans, that these two teams are even on a neutral field. And and this is with Jameis being out. So I something something stinks about that line, man. Like it, you, I feel like it should be five or six. I'd almost prefer it at five or six. And it's actually getting bet towards the Saints. So I agree with you in logic that the Titans is the right play at the minus three. But, man, that's a fishy line. So I'm staying away from that one. But I do agree that the Titans should win that game. Uh, my second pick, I'm finally coming on board. This team has been overhyped all year because they've been competitive. And people are way too hyped about them, though. They're saying, oh, they should be a, a four-win team. No, they should probably be a zero-win team. And they are a zero-win team. But the Detroit Lions, my friend, they are covering the plus eight and a half against the Steelers this week. I don't care what you tell me. The Steelers almost just lost to the Bears. They blew that game so bad. Uh, they were absolutely dominating the Bears, just as they should. Matt Nagy is an awful NFL coach. Uh, Justin Fields is good, but a rookie. And the Steelers almost blew it. So if you're giving me eight and a half points for the Lions, I know it's in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I know it's a, an afternoon game, but the Steelers now have one day less of rest because they just played on Monday night and the Lions are coming off a bye. You give me all the DeAndre Swift props you want. You give me Jared Goff, who is a competent enough quarterback. He's probably as good as Ben at right now, if not better. Give me eight and a half points for them on the road. I take it. I love that pick. What are they going at money line? Plus 310 on the money line. 
Yeah, plus eight and a half is a great play there. I, eight and a half is the right play. The Lions play hard. They are the hardest playing 0-8 team in the NFL that I've seen ever. Um, they're going to crack the win column at some point this year. Um, I thought it was going to be against the Eagles two weeks ago, and that was completely wrong. Um, but uh, I, I don't think the Steelers are that consistent of a team, and especially you, you're right on short week. This is a good chance to uh, catch them off guard, and eight and a half is quite a bit of points to do that. So I don't know um, if they win the game outright. The eight and a half is nice. Do you know what their win total is for the season right now? Is it two? One and a half. And the over is minus 140, so you got to pay a little juice for it. But one and a half. And I don't, I don't know if they get there, man. I mean, if, if, if they had beat the Eagles, I thought they would have a shot to at least get to three. Um, them getting blown out is just a uh, – uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I hope they don't go Owen. This team does not deserve to go Owen seventeen or Owen sixteen like the uh, like their two thousand eight Lions team or whatever year that was. Yes, this team is a lot better than that. Um, they're going to crack the win column at some point. I just don't know who it's against. Um, hopefully, it's against the Steelers, um, but they should cover eight and a half. Uh, my second lock of the week. Uh, I'm going out west. Uh, the Chargers minus two and a half hosting the Vikings. I I've expressed my distaste for the Vikings. I think on several weeks of this podcast, I still don't trust them. Um, even look at last week or two weeks ago against the Cowboys, uh, whenever I was, I get, I'm mixing up these weeks, but casinos kind of throw me off with my, uh, my timing of everything, but uh, Cowboys should not have covered that game. They figured out a way to do it. Uh, I just don't think the Vikings can cover on the road. Chargers are significantly the better team in my eyes. Um, and getting two and a half for them is, juicy and I'm going to hammer it on Sunday yeah the Vikings are an interesting team and Kirk Cousins burned everybody again in prime time that guy just cannot bring it um you know in these night games or these prime time games losing to the Cowboys again um but it, you know I like the pick I think if the Chargers are going to make their push uh it's got to continue now uh they've had some some rough games the past couple weeks uh whether they won or lost they've had some rough ones you know losing to the Patriots um you know losing um to the Cowboys a couple about a month ago probably at this point like you said they seem to be a much better team early in the season but I still believe that they can probably take care of the Vikings so I like that pick too my third lock of the week going a little contrarian here I know we don't like to bet unders because they're no fun but guess what they hit about 60 percent of the time um I'm going under 55 in the Falcons Cowboys game uh 55 is a high total. I would assume it's the highest on the board this week, though I didn't check the other games. But the Cowboys can score. I'm not sure the Falcons can keep up. The Falcons are noted for their awful red zone offense. They kick a lot of field goals down there. They don't go for a lot of fourth downs. So they're going to end up either kicking or punting. Um, you know, is Dak back? Probably. Probably. Uh, but is he – well, he, I mean, he's back, right? But is he back? Probably. But he's not going to be there enough to give the Cowboys enough points to cover this 55. I like getting at the whole number. I like catching it over the 54, which is a field goal above our biggest number, 51. I like this to be somewhere in the 28 to 20 range. So I'm thinking we get about a touchdown or so of cushion there. Maybe it pushes up to the low 50s. 55 just seems too high especially given that one of my best bets of the year was week one. It was like 52 and a half Eagles Falcons. And I went over, there was about 21 points in the first quarter of that game. Uh, and it finished sub 40. So I love this under 55 with the Falcons game. 
Yeah, and I think uh, Micah Parsons is going to continue his defensive rookie of the year campaign. He's going to have a big game against the Falcons. They're going to struggle to score against the Cowboys. I just don't think they're going to be able to help enough to get to that 55 mark. So I agree with that on your end. Um, I am going to go again with the second team from L.A., the Rams, uh, this week at minus three and a half against the 49ers. I saw a Kyler Murray-less Colt McCoy-led Cardinals team go into San Francisco last week and absolutely blow the brains off them. Um, the Rams, I believe, are better than the Cardinals. Um, they're going to bounce back. They got a little wake-up call against the Titans on Sunday night. Uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to smack San Francisco around um, again at home. Uh, Rams minus three and a half. I think they win this game by ten plus points. Yeah, I like that. I don't like catching the hook at the three and a half, but I think the Rams are significantly better than the Niners. I know it's a division game, and that's why you're getting the three and a half, and it's on the road. I get all that. But you're right, man. That San Francisco ass whooping by the Kyloas Cardinals uh, was no good. That was embarrassing because the Cardinals really are only where they are because of Kyler Murray. Their scheme sucks. It's just the fact that Kyler can do what he does that keeps them alive, gets them the chunk plays they need. So without him out there, I don't know how they won a game, let alone how they stomped on a division opponent. So that was very impressive for them, but also very embarrassing for the Niners. The Rams also just got their stuff embarrassed too. On national TV, I love them coming back in this spot in a division game, um, you know, putting, putting their foot back in the driver's seat um, and moving back uh, into the race for the number one seat. Because that's really where we're at now is the Rams – the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Bucks vying for that number one seed. Two of those teams at least are going to fall off. It can't be the Rams because the Rams have to win this week to, to stay up there. So I like it. So those are our locks for the week. Uh, I've got the Bucks minus nine and a half over Washington. Lions plus eight and a half over the Steelers and under 55 in the Falcons-Cowboys game. Burke has Titans minus three over Saints. Chargers two and a half over the Vikings. And Rams minus three and a half over the Niners. Three favorites for you this week. You worried about that? Nope. Not at all. Very assertive. I like it. Three locks, three wins. Three locks. We're, well, we're going to get back. Favorites in a good spot. We're uh, going to get back to 500 this week on the season, which would have been impossible three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you're cruising lately. So let's hope. Let's hope we both go 3-0 and this week. Yeah, um, we, got a, we got a nice record right now. We're going to try and make it nicer. We're going to try to keep it going. Uh, hey, speaking of picks, we're doing a, a giveaway. It'll already be out by the time um, you guys see this episode. But if you're listening to it, go to our Twitter uh, and follow along. I'm giving away one of my Rams Super Bowl tickets. I got about 20 of these things. So I'm giving one away. I'm going to raffle one off. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what kind of contest we do for that one. Um, but I'm going to give away a $50 ticket on the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Pays out about $750. So we're going to do that on the Twitter sometime this week. Uh, what should our contest be? What do, we, what do we got? Last time we did a golf strokes contest we got to do something with the casino this weekend i think uh i don't know we'll come up with something we'll come up with something good follow along at the twitter and uh you know see if you can get involved and win some money when the rams win the super bowl hey college football still going on uh burke's hot streak is a little bit over it was four and four over the weekend our buddy nate was on fire though he was like 10 and two or something with those tickets uh yeah, so we did have some success i think he bet every single game on the menu I think he did too, and he won. He won a lot of them. Very, he did very well, and a couple of the games that I gave him actually were the losers of the group. So I looked like an idiot. But, yeah, uh, the only the only college game I bet all weekend uh, was Stanford plus eight and a half that you gave me, and they lost by about fifty nine. So yeah, you, I'm not. You, you, you win some, you lose some. What are you going to do? <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Uh, hey, the first rankings came out last week. 
um, you've got a gripe with them. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of love towards Alabama. Um, I do not think they're the number two team in the country. And uh, both Nate and myself hammered the LSU plus 29 and a half line on Saturday night. And that game was a six point game um, final. Uh, Alabama's got problems. There's no way they're the number two team in the country at this point. I put Oklahoma over them just because they're undefeated. Cincinnati coming in at number six. I mean, they've got a top 10 win currently on the road, beating Notre Dame earlier in the year. Um, I think the only other uh, better win so far this season is Oregon at Ohio State. Um, I don't think anybody else has a resume or a, a, a resume defining win quite like Cincinnati is. Quite frankly, they're not getting enough love for it, but I do think uh, Cincinnati should move up to number five. The Michigan State loss to Purdue is going to drop them quite a bit. Um, and again, uh, the gauntlet of the Big Ten, they're going to start cannibalizing themselves a little bit. Uh, Michigan's still got to play Penn State and Ohio State. Michigan State's still got Penn State and Ohio State. And Ohio State's got Michigan and Michigan State still. So those teams are going to drop off the table. There's going to be one man standing. My guess is going to be Ohio State at this point. I think team in the Big Ten, um, but a lot, a lot of movement to happen over these next few weeks. Um, you're going to see a lot of exciting stuff, especially as we get into uh, rivalry weeks coming up, coming up around Thanksgiving. Um, there's going to be more clear defined uh, teams and the, the list of teams that can make the playoffs is going to keep dwindling and dwindling. I really hope Cincinnati gets a shot at it this year. Um, as long as they continue to win, um, it's going to be very tough to uh, uh, leave them out, especially with the way some of these teams have performed throughout the year. Some teams more inconsistent than others, even though they're getting a little more love than they should just because they're a specific brand. Um, but uh, we're going to see what happens over these next few weeks and uh, come championship weekend, uh, first week of December. But I really hope Cincinnati gets what they deserve. It's why Ritter came back to school. They had a chance to win the whole thing, a uh, chance to get into the playoff. And uh, right now they're doing everything they can. They've won every game so far. And as long as they continue to do that, I believe they have a shot to make it just as good as anybody at this point. So Cincinnati, 100 to 1 to win the championship. Are you enticed? What are they to make the playoff? They don't have those up right now. Uh, I'm not enticed. Georgia is by far and away the number one team in the country, and there's, there's a significant gap between Georgia and everybody else. Yeah, so Georgia's minus 125, Bama plus 450, Ohio State plus 450, Oklahoma plus 1400, Oregon 30 to 1. Michigan 60 to one, and then you get Oklahoma State, Michigan State, and Cincinnati all at 100 to one. 100 to one, man. I don't know. Seems reasonable. The juicy pick out of that, I think the, the Ducks, the Ducks at 30 to one. They have got enough athletes and playmakers. They can make a surprise run. They're going to have the number one pick in the draft on the defensive side as long as he stays healthy. Um, 30 to one's a decent chance at this point if you're not going to go with the favorite. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to go with the top dog, you know, you might as well. I, I don't know. I, I don't watch a lot, any college football, but rarely do you see Bama at almost 5-1 to one to win the title. you got to assume they're going to get to the dance. I know you said they got problems, but if you're giving me at almost 5-1, to one, I'm probably taking that most days, um, even though I don't really pay attention to a lot of college football, so I could be way off on that one. Yeah, so we got a, uh, we got a couple of big games coming up this Saturday um, against ranked teams. Uh, Let's kind of turn the tables on this side a little bit since I'm the more college football savvy of the two of us. Um, let's see, let's see your, with your blind, blind guesses on a couple of these picks for the big games of the weekend. Uh, right now you got 
Oklahoma minus five and a half at Baylor. All right. So you're telling me Oklahoma, just based on these title odds, I'm going to lay less than a touchdown. I know it's on the road, but I'm going to take Oklahoma minus five and a half in that one. And I'm leaning that way as well. Um, they got an explosive freshman quarterback who took over for a early preseason Heisman candidate who kind of just fell, the wheels fell off a little bit on his end. Um, I think Oklahoma handles this. Baylor had a tough loss last week on the road against a very subpar TCU team. Um, I think Oklahoma gets in this week. And quite frankly, I don't think Oklahoma's getting enough love for being 9-0 and and still undefeated. Obviously, they have their issues on defense, but Oh, nine and oh, yeah. Give me a minus five and a half. I'll take that. Alabama's got issues as well. A couple of these other teams have issues too. So they should be they should be a little higher ranked. They should be number two in the country, in my opinion, at this moment. I think Oklahoma goes in and runs train on Baylor. Five and a half is definitely we're we're laying the points here, getting a discount on Oklahoma. What else we got? Uh, we got a SEC matchup. We got Texas A and M. Uh, minus two and a half coming off a big win against Auburn last week, going on the road at Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. So Ole Miss at home, I assume they're ranked? They are ranked, I believe, in the 12 to 14 range. 12 to 14. So if you're giving me a top 15 team at home catching any points, I'm going to take them. I'll take them plus the two and a half. I would probably, if I was actually betting it, bet the money line on Ole Miss. I just love these college teams where – you got two ranked teams, and the home ranked team is a dog. Uh, I think that the lines still don't reflect that value enough, so I'm going on Ole Miss in this one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning Ole Miss as well. I'm not going to make an official pick yet until later in the week. Um, we'll post these via Twitter as well, um, so you guys can follow along too and hopefully ride with me and Ken. Um, what I'm looking at right now is the over 55-and-a-half. Lane Kiffin is known for his offense. Ole Miss is at home. I think they're going to put up a ton of points, and Texas A&M is going to have to uh, run and gun a little bit to keep up, and I think they get to that 55-and-a-half relatively easily. Um, I just don't see it being a defensive struggle. And unlike the NFL, college college games tend to blow past the 50s and into the 60s if you have two uh, capable offenses, and Ole Miss definitely does, and I think A&M can do that as well, and I think Ole Miss also covers plus two-and-a-half at home. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to probably take – Ole Miss plus two and a half, and then the over 55 and a half as well. I like it. I like it. Third big game well, of the week. So Penn State coming off a 0-3 skid um, in Big Ten play. Uh, ended that last week against Maryland. Um, they are back at home hosting a top 10 Michigan team. Didn't they uh, right just now play? The, what's that? Didn't they just play Michigan? No. Oh, was Ohio it State. Iowa? Sorry, Iowa is what I'm thinking. Wait, they played Iowa like four weeks ago. Yeah, it was right before Halloween. Rock. Yeah. Anyway, Michigan's a top 10 team. Uh, they they just won last week. I forget who they played. I think it was Northwestern they played last week. Um, but uh, on the road at Penn State, it's not a whiteout. It's not a night game. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Line's currently Michigan basically plus 0.5. Yeah, basically a pick em. Um, so you got to explain to me that because I'm taking Michigan in this one for sure. Cause I've actually watched a little bit of Penn state games, just being out and about. And unfortunately being in Northeast PA where that's all people play. They're awful. They've lost, they've looked awful for like a month now. And Michigan, you're telling me is what a top 10 team, right? They're ranked like seventh or eighth right now. Seventh yep. or eighth. How am I catching basically a pick them on this game? Just because it's on the road. 
they're going to Penn State's going to sell out the the, the stadium. They play they play really tough at home. Um, Michigan has had some issues going on the road this year, and they should be blowing out teams. And the games are a lot closer. Uh, case in point, Nebraska. They only won that game by three. Uh, lost to Michigan State Perfect. after blowing. It's a noon Michigan game, Michigan State blew a monster, or Michigan blew a monstrous lead at Michigan State two weeks ago. I saw that one too. Actually, got caught on that one. It to me, like and Michigan they, State, like ran all over them. That looks more like a an offensive running clinic than it was a, a blow up by Michigan. Maybe I'm wrong. Nah, Michigan Michigan State came back and they they fed their Heisman candidate. He had he ran for 197 to five touchdowns against them. Penn State has their issues throwing or running the football, um, but I think they're going to be able to do enough in the passing game. John Dotson had a monster game last week. Uh, as long as the line protects for Clifford and uh, he doesn't make any stupid decisions, I think Penn State wins this game. Straight right. up. The first one we're posed on. Maybe we're both betting emotionally on this one. You're going with Penn State. I'm going against him. But Burke's not making his official picks yet. Don't rest on these. He'll tweet out his official college picks for the weekend uh, sometime Thursday or Friday. Um, but those are the three games we're looking at. So I'm testing out my theory of semi-blindly betting some college games. I'm going to take Oklahoma minus five and a half over Baylor. Ole Miss catching two and a half over A&M at home. And Michigan, you know, might as well just take the money line. It's the same thing as the plus a half um, over Penn State at home. Burke likes the first two. He likes Penn State's win and cover. Uh, so we'll see how they do. Stay tuned on the Twitter, again, for uh, our giveaway and for Burke's picks for the weekend. Because he was on fire, cooled off a little bit, but he'll be back. I know it. Uh, so moving on here, we got some NBA action going on, too. Uh, as we speak, actually, I don't know, did you see the big news of last night's NBA games? Uh, I know That's Steph went for 50. I know Steph went for 50, 50 and 10. Nah, that's not news. We had a brawl on our hands down in uh, the, the Nuggets uh, heat game. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, actually, I actually did. It was uh, Jokic and uh, Markeith Morris. And Markeith Morris, who's always finding himself in the center, center of this stuff. Uh, hard fouls Jokic around half court. Game's pretty much decided at that point. And Jokic gives him an absolute body slam. Uh, down to the court. They both got thrown out. Jimmy Butler's yelling across the bench for Jokic to meet him outside and, and take the stuff around back. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, you don't see this too often in the NBA where it gets super heated like that, but I love it. It feels a little different than the NFL where some of those NFL players are admittedly not the best humans, so you're not sure how to respond to, to seeing them, you know, stomp each other up. But uh, I like this kind of action in the NBA. Uh, you know, it shows me that these guys are ready. These guys are back, and uh, they're they're really competing. Every game matters. Every game matters. November. They're they're enjoying it, and they're loving the fans being back in the stands. People are playing well. Some some big injuries. We got one going on tonight, and that's kind of my my game of the night. Uh, Bucks minus six and a half over the Sixers. Uh, no Embiid for the Sixers. He's out for a little bit, so it's going to be hard for me to pick the Sixers. Um, I'm taking the Bucks, and I think this game flies over the total of two fourteen and a half. Uh, we could be looking at a game that's in the 230s, I think. So you're getting significant value on this over. Um, and I'm also taking the Bucks laying the six and a half. Giannis is a absolute all-timer. He is elevated from last year, just as we predicted about a month ago. Uh, hard to bet against him. Hard to bet on the Sixers without their key guy. And actually without their two key guys, because Simmons is still on the sideline. Seeing an interesting trade flowing around out there. Curious your thoughts as a, as a spectator. Uh, Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Who says no? The Celtics. You think so? Yeah. 
I don't know if it's that crazy, man. You sleep on it and you let me know what you think. Because I had that reaction at first initially too. Jalen's a really good player, but he basically does everything that Tatum does. So if you're looking to shop him, I think Simmons is a pretty good price in return for him. Now, I'm not saying you should be shopping Jalen Brown, but I'm saying if you are to get Simmons, I think he helps the Celtics in a lot of ways. The Sixers absolutely say yes, because right now Jalen's the best price they're going to get for Simmons. Uh, but I kind of like that one both ways. I think it's at least worth a discussion to have. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just – I don't know how Brad Stevens would want to deal with the headache of Ben Simmons. It just – it doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, new yeah. setting. I think somebody's going to deal with them. I just, I just don't think Jalen Brown is the shooter the Sixers need to be a legitimate contender. Nobody's a scorer, and they really lacked a scorer last year in the playoffs. Tobias is all right at that. But I, he's not kind of the carrying the load guy. Like, when you need a bucket, the Sixers didn't really have anybody to go get them a bucket. They have Embiid, who can get you, you know, points whenever you need them, basically. But as far as a score, clear the core out – or clear the court out, create your shot, or, you know, get, get the shot clock down and, and throw something up, Jalen's more of that guy than anybody that they have. And given the escalation of Seth Curry as a shooter – and even as a point guard, kind of bring the ball up the court, and then they have Shake behind them. Um, I don't know. I think he fits well on that team, and I think he'd be really well, be really good for them. So we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, hopefully, Simmons gets a good trade somewhere because I would love to see him come back. Um, we'll be back on the NBA soon. I haven't watched much of it just because of um, you know how much NFL has been going on, and we've been profiting a lot on that. But we'll be back soon. Usually around right after Thanksgiving, Christmas time is when I really get into the NBA game. Uh, so we'll be doing some NBA pods as well. So uh, as we usually do, we're going to, you know, wrap up with a uh, betting strategy for tonight. And my strategy of the week is an NFL betting strategy specifically. When you see a dog of one to six points, um, you might want to, if you think they're going to win the game, if you think that they're the play to cover against the spread, it usually makes sense to take them on the money line too, or just take them on the money line. Dogs of like one to four points there's a very strong correlation between them covering and actually winning the game. I think it's almost 70% of the time dogs cover between one and four, they win the game outright. So you're probably in a net neutral situation, maybe even a little uh, plus EV, right? Positive money. If you take both of them. And then also if you take them to win the money line, cause you're getting plus odds on the money line at that point. So you're betting a hundred to win 130 or 120. Um, so I think that's a really smart play. What do you think about that? Small dogs sprinkling on the money line. Well, especially since we, we, we had talked about it earlier in the episode uh, about the, the tides kind of swinging back towards the dogs. Uh, yeah, the line. Especially, especially if you have a week like last week, in the next couple of weeks. So kind of evens out a little bit. Yeah. If you're going you're gonna to get the dogs at plus money, if you think, if you think they're going to cover, take a chance on the plus money because odds are that they're going to, cover that spread, they're going to win the game too. And I think you're going to see more and more dogs uh, start to uh, win these games outright. This is going to be a trend that's going to continue at least for the next few weeks. So why not profit off of it? Yeah, I think so too. And don't forget, by the end of the season, we will be around 55 50% one way or the other. Dogs are not going to cover 70% of the games and favorites are not going to cover 70% of the games. We are going to regress to the mean. It, it will happen. One net loss, may I remind you, for these books over a four-week period in our lifetime. So absolutely, we're going to regress. And since more um, favorites have been winning, more dogs are going to win eventually. So I like that strategy. 
we got a couple more agenda items on the docket, and I'm, I'm looking at the agenda to be updated right now because we can't forget that we have two league birthdays coming up this weekend, two big 3-0s, our co-host, Mike Burke, joining the 30s crowd. How are you feeling about that, buddy? Uh, I just don't see how I could lose a bet this weekend. That's, that's, that's what I'm seeing. That's, that's um, a good way to spin it. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I think it's uh, uh, it'll be going into a new phase of my life. Uh, starting to feel some back pains I haven't felt before. Um, so I don't know if that's an old age thing. Um, but uh, really excited for the weekend. Uh, great to share a birthday with one of our fellow uh, league members as well. Um, it's always a fun time. Yeah, we got another birthday, uh, birthday out there, Larry, in our league. So shout out to him as well. Um, is it better or worse to be a degenerate gambler in your 30s versus your 20s? I don't think it really matters. You're, you're, it doesn't matter. That's that's the spirit. I like looking at that. And you feel. I think you. See, it might actually be better when you're in your 30s because you may seem a little bit wiser after years of just nonsense. Um, if you want to spin it in the you, you lick your lick, in, right? in the cup half full scenario, but either situation, you kind of got to watch out for yourself and make sure you're not in too much in a hole. Um, they get to dig your way out, but uh. yeah, well, I'll meet you there in about three months and I'll let you know how we feel about it. Um, lastly tonight, Hey, we're watching some college hoops as we speak right now. Uh, opening night tonight, we got the fans back. So that's awesome. The last college basketball game that we watched, uh, you know, you and I were, uh, watching it together. Um, you know, Gonzaga getting to the finals. We like them again this year, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think that during that game was really the preliminary talks of us launching this podcast. We had, we had. It was I'm discussing doing something um, coming up and uh, that, that really kind of triggered our, our gambling motives and trying to help people out. So yeah, that was one of the best games I think I've ever seen, probably the best game I've ever seen live. Um, glad to have watched it with you. And I, somehow we profited off that game. I think we took, we took the ladder in that game several times hitting Gonzaga. Um, they're the number one team going into the season for you listeners uh, who may not be aware of the rankings. Uh, lost a couple key pieces from last year, but gained a ton more talent. Um, they still got our boy, Drew Timmy. He's got a compliment uh, in the number one recruit in the country, Chet Holmgren, uh, another seven-footer. So I think they're going to be a, a dynamo in the front court all season. It's going to be tough for teams to beat them. Uh, again, they loaded up with a bunch of good teams as well. They do get to face UCLA. Uh, I believe it's the end of November in Las Vegas for a rematch from last year's Final Four. You know, UCLA's got a lot of returning guys too, so that game is going to be excellent. Um, got a couple big time, uh, big 10 teams in Purdue and Michigan getting a lot of love this year. Uh, Jawan Howard's got the boys playing up there in uh, Ann Arbor. They're going to have a great chance. Uh, they got their center back who thought he was going to test the NBA waters, but he kind of came, he's coming back for a sophomore year. So he's going to be a monster. Um, Purdue, a lot of people talking that they're going to get to their first final four. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I may be on that train follow a lot of uh, college basketball analysts and inside reporters and they're giving a lot of love to Purdue. So they, that's a team to uh, watch out for to possibly cut down the nets. If you don't want to take the Zags. Um, but we're taking the Zags, right? You, you and me are taking the Zags right now until proven. Otherwise we're riding with them. Yeah. I, I think we, at least during the regular season, we just hammer them. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you know, we'll be looking out for their spreads, even if the thing that I've, Learned in college basketball, you take a couple uh, losses this way, but then you figure it out. The spreads are big for a reason with these good teams. 
You see Gonzaga in the 20s, even in the 30s, all right, against the 16s. I mean, we, we legitimately took about six or seven games, and then there was 39. I think we also took them at 43 at one point. And that might have been the highest we took them. And we, it was the 116 matchup. I think it got up to, like, 42 or so, and they covered it. So yep. don't be afraid of these big spreads. Gonzaga's a really good team. Last year they were basically a G League team because they had four or five NBA draft picks at that point. Uh, so don't be afraid of these big, these big numbers because – there's a difference between NBA players and college players. And if you have a couple NBA players on your team, which they do, you're going to win. You're going to be more predictable and you're, they're going to show up more often. They're just going to be better. So that's why I like the Zags. I think Burke's in agreement. So we'll be looking out for those lines as we go through the season. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's keep that train rolling. We'll talk some college hoops in the next couple of weeks, some NBA too. Uh, NFL's heating up. This is a good time of year for sports, man. This is a great time of year. I can't wait. You got you got Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, back together again for our uh, our uh, Thursday. Our annual wing night tradition. Night before Wednesday wing night. Thursday Thursday at the Burke residence. Uh, going to be good. Man. Don't you, you know forget what? We're, uh, we're hitting maybe, the casino Wednesday night too. Don't sleep maybe, on that. We're going to win all your money. Maybe, back. maybe maybe we go live Thursday. Thanks a little Thanksgiving special for uh, the viewers at home. Hey, no complaints here. So. I should let the listeners at home know too. We do a Thanksgiving parlay every year. So we take the three games uh, and we pick the, the winners against the spread usually pays out. I don't know what five to one or so. Um, and depending on the odds, of course, and who we're taking, but uh, you know, we put some money on that. So we'll, we'll tweet that out too for anybody else who wants to ride along. We hit it a couple of years ago. I think we almost hit it. Uh, we might've hit it last year or two years ago. Uh, two years ago. I think we did. Uh, last year, I don't. In the past five years. So, I mean, it's paying for itself. You get to have a little fun on Thanksgiving. You can either win or lose a lot of money in front of all your family and friends and pretend that you don't care. Um, that always works out really well. So, and if you lose, you're at least you're eating well throughout the day. So, uh, hey, good, good episode, my man. We will, uh, we'll be back next week at some point with our last one before Thanksgiving. Uh, and we'll win you some money. So until then, let's go win.